so critically acclaimed. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast. I'm Laura, and I'm excited to have technically my second guest, but we're just going to call her my first guest because it's been a very long time since my last guest. But anyway, let me introduce you to my best friend in the world, Rena. Hi, thanks for having me. This is so fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I know that we share a lot of the fa- the same favorite shows, but there are definitely ones that I have seen that Rena hasn't like Teen Wolf. Absolutely. That I'm, you know, <laughs> trying to get her to watch. But then also the other way around that she tries to get me to watch. But I figured it would be fun to have, you know, someone finally on, like I've been telling you guys, trying to restructure a little bit so it's not just me ranting on forever because I'm boring sometimes. <laughs> um, but no. before we get into the nitty gritty, so, Rena, why did you decide to watch Only Murders in the Building? Like, had you been wanting to watch it for a while, or did you just, like, stumble upon it? I don't think I told you to watch it, so... No, you didn't, but I did have a few friends mention to me that this would be up my alley, because I love all these murder mystery-type TV shows and podcasts, and so I was highly recommended to watch it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I'm a huge Selena Gomez fan, Right, so... I mean... I just, I was going to watch whatever she's in, you know? (laughs) Even if it's horrible, which this wasn't, but (laughs) I've been there for certain actors or celebrities. I'll watch just about anything because it means I got to see their face more. You get me. (laughs) Um, But anyway, let's recap though, why like this whole story unfolded in Only Murders in the Building, because in case you might've forgotten like me, like literally I watched it a few weeks ago. But I've already forgotten how it ended. Absolutely same. And I forgot the characters' names a little bit. Yeah. So (laughs) let's just recap for anyone who might be at a loss. So Mabel was friends with Tim Kono, Oscar, and Zoe. And those were like the Hardy Boys, I think, was their name. Um, And so one night, like a million years ago, uh, Teddy, who was Demas's son, or Teddy Demas's son, Theo, was with Zoe um on the roof and they got into a fight and she fell slash was pushed off the <laughs> roof and accidentally like and accidentally died whoops yeah. <laughs> what? um and then teddy covered it up with the help of tim kono because tim kono saw but he like didn't say anything and tell them that it was theo and just ended up blaming oscar or like let oscar take the blame which i honestly i don't remember why he went along with teddy demas did he just like threaten to kill him or something i think there was some kind of threat probably, probably. He's a very sketchy dude. Yeah. Nathan Lane. Always love Nathan Lane. Um, but then in terms of, of course, Tim Kono, Jan was dating him and then he broke up with her. So she poisoned him and then shot him to make it look like suicide. Then once Charles figured it out, she poisoned him too. But by the end of the show, we still him like we see him still alive. He's just like acting ridiculously yeah. and like half of his body is numb or something and yeah. he's trying to communicate. That was that, that was, was interesting. Interesting comedy. She's a she's a good girlfriend, you know. Like wow, <laughs> really, what you want in a woman? Oh my god! Like, I wonder if she's gonna be in season two. I mean, I don't want to get into like the predictions and stuff for season yeah. two. We're gonna talk about it later, but I wonder if they're gonna give us like more psychological background on her and like, because okay, mm. like why did he break up with her? Like he was just done, but like were they? Yeah. Clearly, she's got psychological issues. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, how did she learn about? how to murder people and like poisoning right? i would have that. loved an episode from her perspective yeah yeah that definitely would have been 
something different because they did that a lot like it was clear every episode yeah. or not every episode but um a good amount of them like it was clear somebody was more of the focus exactly. you know getting to learn more about charles's background oliver's background mabel's and then even like uh theo's background mm-hmm. and everything yeah um and so of course the final scene is mabel charles and oliver being arrested for the alleged murder of bunny since we see mabel standing over the body covered in blood which if you forgot was actually how the show started at the very yeah. beginning, which I, of course, didn't remember until... I also did not. <laughs> until we got to that scene, which yep. is, of course, like, the point. Like, they bank... Yeah. I feel like shows always bank on that we are such bad viewers and we're so going to forget. But I will say, I watched it with my mom in the entire season. She was like, remember that first few minutes? Like, that's important. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, mom. Like, you made that up. Like, you're joking. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's always, like, the interesting thing. Like, do you... Like, would you want to be constantly reminded about that? Mm. And... Like, then kind of... But then it's almost predictable versus... Right. I think I would not want to remember. That way then, like, the show remembers for me. Exactly. And then it's more enjoyable, I yeah. think. Um, Agreed. So, yeah. So, anyway, that was just a little recap for anyone who doesn't remember, like I said. Um, so, overall, what did you think of the show? I was a really big fan. I'm so excited that they renewed it. Yeah. And I was really excited to hear about it and watch it. I, like, watched it, like, as it came out, you know, not mm-hmm. waiting for it. Um, I thought it was so entertaining the way they did this whole murder mystery thing, and I like that she was one of the writers, Selena Gomez, right? Or director oh, or something like that. Yeah, she. I'm sure she was, like, I think all three of them were for right. sure producers. I don't know, like, How directing. Exactly. They might have directed an episode here and there or something, or writing. Yeah. I didn't look into that. So, it definitely, it was more interesting for me even more, you know, in that sense, because they were kind of producing and being on the opposite end so that was interesting right and i think also the creator of this is us i know you don't watch it Mm -hmm. but i think i'm pretty sure the creator was also behind this show as well which makes a lot of sense because in this is us they really care about like details coming full circle Mm -hmm. and like remembering things from earlier on in the plot line and like paying off later yeah um so i could see that being a big part of it like yeah i have to agree i was honestly pleasantly surprised with how entertaining i found it but i will say in the second half of the season i mean it sounds so stupid because it's literally 10 episodes (laughs) so like the last five episodes it started to get a bit more predictable yeah like in each episode i felt when I was watching like halfway through, I was already piecing things together. I mean, not for everything, but specifically the major mystery of who killed Tim Kono. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like it was obviously Jan. Once, Me too. Always once she joined the crew. Like yes. anytime a significant other or somebody else just like Randomly casually pops in. Yeah, joins in and like tags along, it's always like Suspicious. Nope, you were you're you're bad. Like, I knew you were trouble. Um, <laughs> oh my throwing in a little Taylor. I was literally about to be like, hey, I don't want to get too off topic, but I like how the show kind of do did like Easter eggs, like Taylor Swift throws around. Mm, well, that was entertaining. I mean, Selena Gomez, Taylor Swift, besties, obviously. <laughs> Some connection. Um, yeah, but I agree. Like overall, it's always going to be suspicious when someone's person like gets involved but then again like oscar it's funny i now i'm just realizing this right now like Mm -hmm. the duality of it with jan they weren't suspicious at the beginning and then she became a suspect whereas oscar they were ultra suspicious at the beginning like oh he's tie-dye guy like can't trust him and then he was chill right so yeah you're right surprising i think once we like learned how to think like them True. You know, like, it took us a few episodes to get into their minds, and then once we did, it all became more clear to us. Yeah, they were definitely training our minds in the way to think and how they were running it. Pretty quickly, too. 
Okay, so speaking of Selena Gomez a little bit more. Oh, yeah. I know, like you said earlier, you were a big fan of Selena Gomez. I know, like, Wizards of Waverly Place is, like, your favorite Disney show. (laughs) So what did you think of her return to acting? I was really excited. I mean, I have seen another Cinderella story (laughs) so many times because I just love watching her. Um, I will say her acting seems really similar, just, like, a little more grown up Mm -hmm. than, like, Alex and even whatever her name is on Cinderella story. Yeah, um, I don't remember. Like, it's kind of, like, the same, like, the mouth doesn't move so much. It's kind of, like, a, you know, that kind of acting. I don't know how Where to, like, the, the, imitate the, it. I know, like, the voice just kind of, like, comes just out. Just kind of, like, mumbles out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but it's, like, literally she's overflowing with, like, the comebacks, but it's, like, it's, like, exactly. carefree to her. Like, she's not planning it. it Precisely. Just, it, it just happens that way. Yeah, but something about that acting doesn't bother me, and I, I think it just might be because I'm used to her and I like her as an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am pretty sure, although I did not look this up yet, that the theme song is her singing. Wait. Like, all the O's in it? Oh. I feel like it's her. I didn't even pay attention because, like, the theme song isn't, like, the. it's just musical notes, Yeah, and then there's, of. like, in the background there's some, like, O's going on, and I feel like it's her voice, which might be also cool. Yeah. You know, because she sings on the side, too. I mean, I'm sure, like, first of all, we should look it up. Yeah. Um... Because, like, I think it's probably in the credits, but on Hulu, like, the credits go away. Because right. you can just hit, like, play next or something, yeah. so you can't watch them all. But, of course, like, you would pick up on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this sounds like her. Oh, and if you guys, just why why would that um, make sense that Rena would pick up on this? Because <laughs> Rena's just a fantastic musician, and she Thanks. just, she has the curse, though, of being a musician that she can't <laughs> listen to music without, like, understanding everything that's going on and picking up on everything like whereas me I just enjoy the song for what it is and also like if I send her a song and say like oh my god I love this like I will rarely do that because she's gonna like tear it to pieces and say like Laura that's not a good song um but speaking of Rena is actually also responsible for my little theme song so yeah thanks on that of course um but I agree like I think with Selena Gomez's acting for this I can't remember the last thing I saw her in um, I mean, I obviously watch Wizards of Waverly Place another Cinderella yeah. story, like Monte Carlo, other things like she was right. in mm-hmm. um, earlier in her career. But I think a lot of people thought, like at least what I saw online, was people thought that her acting was flat and her tone was a bit off. Like there was something about the way she was speaking. And I honestly, I thought the same at first. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that that's just what Mabel's character is supposed to be like. Yeah. Like we've obviously seen Selena act in different projects and be warmer and not as dry in her humor right so it's clear that that was just the style of this character which i guess means that she did a good job if we yeah, don't, don't like it <laughs> like that's always things people forget like i think bailey madison is one of the biggest examples mm-hmm. she was like a childhood actor who was in like grown-ups and bridget terabithia right. yeah, and once upon a time and a lot of things and she always tends to play an annoying Same character thing. who people just hate because she gets in the way of things uh-huh. and so because of that, people have taken that feeling and attached it to the actual person, <laughs> to her. which yeah. is like not fair because she didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> right. And in my opinion, like I like her, I think she's fine and great. And that shows, like, wait, you're actually a good actress because mm-hmm. you were able to make people hate you so that's much. That's such a good comparison. Yeah. So um, that's just my little note on that. I will say also, in terms of like Selena Gomez acting with. Steve Martin and Martin Short. Mm-hmm. I loved the three of them together. Oh, they're awesome together. Like, this was definitely the trio I didn't know that we needed. Yes. Like, everyone, I think, felt that way. I agree. I especially loved seeing any interviews with the three of them. And Selena's, like, literally a young person, like, uh-huh. in her late 20s. And they're, like, grandpas. And yeah. she, like, that's their dynamic. It, right. Like, it really helped 
make this show more, you know, relatable to like a bunch of different ages. Like my mom, I mean, she's not ancient, but (laughs) (laughs) like she enjoyed it just as much as I did because to her, these guys are from like, you know, her favorite things. Exactly. And then I was able to tie in with Selena. So that was a nice addition too. Yeah. I think like that was the interesting thing in part one of the podcast. Like I went over where we know everybody from and Selena was obviously no explanation needed in our target demographic, (laughs) you know, everything. Right. But like for me, Steve Martin has always been like Chiba Rather Dozen, Pink Panther, Father of the Bride kind of stuff. And then Martin Short, I only knew him literally from the Santa Claus 3 playing (laughs) Jack Frost. But of course he was in like the Martin Short show. Both of them were on SNL for a long time. So an older generation would like know them more and it was a way to appeal to both yeah and i actually read that that was a greater theme of the show specifically like in the actual plot Mm -hmm. and that a lot of the dynamics are these cross-generational things obviously selena gomez with these two like mabel with these two older guys jan dating tim kono who was younger like all of these different generational gaps and saying like bridging it especially in a and the whole thing was like in this frame of new york city which with has a demographic of like people in every which way mm-hmm, absolutely. so that made me think of how funny it was when when um he started learning how to text oh my god yes and then he was like signing his name off and yep. she's like you don't do that like delete that mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's like i have your phone number i know who you are <laughs> exactly it's literally it reminded me of like brooklyn 99 he does that but that's more because the character is like super formal mm-hmm in it's that so show funny. but it's it's such a favorite like a funny thing with older people <laughs> i know they like feel the need to sign everything you know or it's even like in emails it's funny obviously e- they're texting like emails that's a funny thing yeah. but if my mom like emails me something she and is super formal in her because i know <laughs> she's like sending a bunch of emails for work right so then she's just if she sent and most of the time she'll be emailing me something during the day because otherwise like she would just text it to me right there or airdrop it or whatever mm-hmm. so she's just in the mindset of being formal so yeah. she's like Dear Laura, please find trash like love mom. It's so I'm like, funny. That's so cute, but it's, it's so funny so at the same time. Um, okay, let's move on. Okay. Uh, so did I will say that I had a favorite episode. Oh yeah. Um, and it was the all silent episode where um there was no obviously audio. They did include like the background mm-hmm. little music, like I don't know what to call it, but the like transition sounds yeah. or something um because i feel like and especially since you mentioned earlier like the theme song that's what it's made up of mm-hmm. i feel like the music was a big component of the show and how it like framed certain scenes and it kind of told you what to expect if this was going to be a more comedic scene or a more like mysterious scene yeah um and i just thought it was like again very interesting the way they shot it uh with the background sound so what did you think and like incorporating the sign language was also really cool how about yeah, you yeah that was also my favorite episode actually because I've, for a long time, have been wanting to learn ASL. Oh, my God, me too. Like, it's been my dream. You don't even know. And so getting to watch the whole episode kind of from that kind of perspective is really interesting. I didn't watch Switched at Birth, but um, I know that there's that whole situation of one characters. They're all... Yeah. So um, first thing on the, like, sign language, in college, I joined, like, the ASL club. No way. Like, I remember when I went to the, like, activities fair, I signed up for it, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to learn sign language. It's going to be so cool. And I went to the first meeting, like, with my roommate, and we learned, like, the alphabet and mm-hmm. how to say, like, hi, my name is yeah. Laura, it's nice to meet you, yeah, which I, I can, can still do. I can do that exactly. Um, and then, I, and then like, she didn't want to do it anymore, so I went to the second meeting, and, like, every meeting was a different theme. Like, you would learn signs for a certain content, like, right. you know, I think the second one was, like, school-related uh-huh. words. 
um, or signs, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and then I just stopped going. But, oh, but yeah, I can still say, like, hi, my name is Laura. It's me nice too. to meet you. And <laughs> I remember, like, I met somebody in another club, like, at school later on, and he was really into like sign language and I think he was taking like a course near at another school or something that offered it Mm -hmm. and I like introduced myself like using sign language and then he felt like I could do more I'm like nope that's that's as far as it goes that's amazing (laughs) but but yeah Mm -hmm. on to switch at birth so the the premise of switch at birth is obviously these two girls are switch at birth but one of them is deaf right and so that is this whole other culture that now her technically like biological parents obviously don't know how to sign and like the girl she was switched with doesn't know Mm -hmm. and they become like like sisters and so over the course of the show the main characters all kind of learn how to sign and they really did a great job integrating uh like american sign language into broadcast television because no other show i've like until this point i had never watched and and i watch a lot of shows in a lot of different genres (laughs) oh yeah and i hadn't seen anything like that since like i said switch up birth and now this yeah i can't think of any other show like this so, awesome. and Switch at Birth, I know, I don't remember the details of it, but they made history with that episode in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is they didn't incorporate any background noises, oh, like with like music intros. Like yeah. they had any, if they like picked up a textbook and that noise would be there, right. but they didn't have any like music, music. transitions or something like that. Um, and it kind of reminded me like this conversation I had on another podcast last year when I was a guest where... Swish Up Birth is a teen drama mm-hmm. and, like, kind of, quote-unquote, trashy TV that's not <laughs> supposed to, like, give you anything real and make right. you think about anything. Yeah. But it was so interesting how then it was talking about and, you like, showing something as important as American Sign Language and yeah. none of these other shows have. And the argument that the person I was speaking with, like, made was kind of like, well, maybe they let these smaller teen drama shows, like, try it on for size to see how the public reacts to it. Until, like, these bigger broadcast networks that have more to lose kind mm-hmm. of we'll try it so yeah. i maybe i don't know but then again hulu is a streaming platform it's not broadcast but yeah. it's a little different anyway yeah. huge tangent point is, <laughs> is that with us. <laughs> you know uh i really thought that that was something different yes the other episode i'll say that i liked mm-hmm. was when we met some of the fans of the only murders in the building oh, podcast that was great like that was just so, so unique yeah. and like, how we got to see them become a part of the experience yeah. itself. Like, being invited into Oliver's apartment and Absolutely. working through the case and, like, literally doing scene work of as if, like, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to have been one of those. Like, oh where my God. I sign up? Yeah, literally, like, okay. Like, <laughs> Oliver and his shenanigans. I thought he was so yes. funny and, like, quirky and everything. That was so fun. Um, and it honestly did remind me a little bit of my own experience with my podcast and social media following Mm -hmm. because I think I've established this kind of closeness with my followers like if they dm me on instagram to talk about the latest episode of some show um like something relevant to what I talk about like shows and movies yeah I will always respond like literally I'll people and even if it's not relevant like I had someone (laughs) a few weeks ago dm me like I'm watching Gilmore Girls what do you feel like how do you feel about Dean I'm like gonna let's do this right now like I will literally just start a conversation with anyone um and like same thing when I go on live on TikTok Mm -hmm. there's always a good handful of the same people who pop up and I recognize their usernames and can remember like what shows and stuff like they always bring up or something I really like that component where even though there are like a massive amount of people there is still that still find a way to connect yeah Yeah. I mean intimacy sounds gross to say but I understand what you mean like closeness (laughs) in the sense that you know, I'm yeah. a real person. I, I'm not, Absolutely. I mean, I'm not a celebrity, so it's, you know, <laughs> that also helps. Laura. <laughs> um, but okay. 
How about like with that being said, I kind of like then what the show says about podcast culture in yeah. general. So like, have you ever listened to a true crime podcast? Honestly, I have not. And I've been meaning to and people keep telling me to. I have only listened to like one or two podcasts like in my life. One of them being like your first episode. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I rarely listen to podcasts. Um, but I would listen to this show as a podcast. Like, yeah, hands down. Yeah. Like, I wish, is it really out as a podcast? I don't think so. Because the whole nature, but it's like, if you're going to watch the show, everything that's in the podcast would be in the show. So it's kind of like, it's like audiobook of a book. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like the same content. I could understand if they did like in tandem, Mm -hmm. like, let's say they wanted to do, um, just a true crime podcast that wasn't called, it was like a true crime podcast brought to you by Only Murders yeah. in the Building. And it was just a true crime podcast in and of itself about right. like past crime, Exa- yeah. like true crime cases or something. Yeah. But yeah, I was intrigued I because cool. I know you were really into like the whole Gabby Petito case. Oh my God, yeah. When that unfolded. And I, I remember like, the heck out of that. yeah, because I mean, I had only like really read about what was in like, mm-hmm. I don't know the headline news and stuff but I didn't go into like the detail and you were talking about like oh that video and those other couples and all that deep diving yeah yeah I mean I'm not crazy but I watch (laughs) a lot of like these kind of like serial killer crazy tv shows I'm a little I'm a little weird but I I love that stuff it's so fun to like dig it up it's it's like the Taylor Easter egg situation I I love these things yeah I see for me it's funny because I love Easter eggs and like when I watch shows I'm always looking out for an an actor illusion reference like yeah. saying they're like or if um two actors like are working together in a show and they worked on a show like years ago like mm-hmm. please let them make a comment about the show they worked <laughs> on like that way it's right. an extra reward like rewarding thing for the fans and the yeah. viewers but for me I don't know what it is about like true crime and mystery mm-hmm. I don't really love it um I mean I know it's actually funny because a good majority of the newer shows I've been watching and really enjoying have been in like the mystery genre of tv uh-huh. but they're still teen dramas yeah, like cruel summer the wilds right. one of us is lying yeah things like that even like outer banks in a sense yeah um i agree but and like this one i mean i really enjoyed it just mm-hmm. is more on the comedy side than the drama yeah for sure um but i don't know maybe it's like too morbid for me the whole like <laughs> it's fair. actual it's an actual death like yeah i mean i mean yeah i'm not happy that it happened <laughs> let me put that out there i mean yeah of course <laughs> um also, like, in terms of podcasts in general, like, I feel like podcasts are in two categories. Those that are, like, talk show podcasts, like, my own. Mm-hmm. And then there are, like, the narrative description, yeah. more audiobook, which is, like, the true crime podcast right. where they're literally, like, describing the case. Exactly. And they're, like, taking notes and it's almost like Clue in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think a few years ago in one of my media classes, we had to listen to a true crime podcast or one of those narrative description podcasts, and Mm -hmm. the subject was something related to death, or, like, famous mysterious deaths of history or something. (laughs) And I very much, like, did not pay attention to it or Mm -hmm. like it at all. Um, And, I mean, even podcasts in general, even though I have one, I don't listen to many other podcasts, which is so bad. Like, and when I do, I prefer the talk show ones. Because it's just, like, you're listening in on your friend's conversation and... Yeah, like, you don't participate other than maybe sending in a question or reviewing the podcast, but you got to hear someone's opinions or, like, something you care about and, like, can... And you can hear about people discussing it, and I love... Like, that's... It's the same thing on TikTok, like, watching all these videos. I mean, Taylor Swift is on the brain right now, Mm -hmm. but seeing all these videos of other people describing and, like, 
um, going down the rabbit hole of these theories. And it's yeah. kind of like, you could hear that on a podcast too. I mean, on a TikTok video, you can comment, but right. I mean, who yeah. sees the comment? I don't know. <laughs> but alas. Alas. So <laughs> with everything being said for Only Murders in the Building, we have to discuss some predictions for season two because yes, it has been renewed. Um, I cannot wait. It's, I mean, it's going to be not till at least, like, what, August of next year? Yeah, we've got a while to go. I mean, there's so, and I mean, even not, it's not even guaranteed that, because sometimes shows have been, like, really so crazy true. with production, especially because of COVID and stuff. Yeah, let's just pray. Yep. Um, But I honestly have no expectations. <laughs> it's funny because in the last episode of my podcast, when I talked about One of Us is Lying, which was another mystery show, mm-hmm. yeah. I said that I was bad at predicting the mystery stuff of the story, mm-hmm. but could predict like the interpersonal issues and like the relationships. Right. And now for this show, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned how predictable I thought each yeah. episode was, but I still can't tell you what to expect yeah. next season. Agreed. It's kind of like I have to have some part of the picture set mm-hmm. a little bit and then I could and then I can like be like, "Oh, the pieces are going to fall yes. in this kind of way like right before you." I agree totally with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think like I that they'll amp up Oscar and the detective's character in the next mm-hmm. season though, especially because how like they're going to have to help the trio get out of jail because we know that they're innocent. Yeah. And they're kind of like their only um, supporters, right. I would say, that we've seen. Maybe their podcast fans will come back. True. Them, that too. Like, I can totally see them being like a rally. Yeah, exactly. And like, or creating signs. their own like form of media to uh-huh. say like, we're investigating yeah. the murder of exactly. Bunny now and like to prove our founders or yeah. something innocent. That'd be funny. Um, that'd be definitely a funny, like, very comedic and unique comedy, like, yeah, take on it. right, yeah. Um, it'll also be interesting to see if Teddy and Theo are still part of the story. Mm-hmm. And if what they've been doing with, like, robbing the dead bodies and, like, everything with Zoe will come to light. Because, yeah. like, they're doing illegal stuff. And right. technically, <laughs> like, manslaughter, yep. in a sense. So, yeah. Um, I also would not be surprised if they introduce some new characters. Yeah, I expect to see some new characters. I mean, even if it's like, I don't know how much they would maybe like develop more of the characters already from the Arconia. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, like when I, in the first part of the podcast episode for this, I know it's getting confusing with the podcast and the show <laughs> and my podcast and everything. <laughs> Um, but like I always go through the cast and yeah. usually the cast is like, I don't know, a good like eight people. But this time it was like literally three. Right. Cause like, I mean, there are a few recurring characters, yeah. but all and in like all. guest stars. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting next season. I also wouldn't be surprised if another, um, like if there's like a big cameo from some like cool celebrity. That'd be fun. Because I mean, these are three significant celebrities uh-huh. in Hollywood. Yeah. They definitely they all have know connections. People. Yeah. Um, and that's what I also love. I mean, we know that Selena, like, they're all producers, Selena Gomez, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I always love watching shows and then finding out that some big celebrity is the producer. Mm-hmm. Like, Jennifer Lopez is the producer of The Fosters. Right. Um, I'm kind of blanking on any other ones, but <laughs> there are, like, so many instances yeah. of that where it's a celebrity known in some other world or something else, and then they produce it. So, like, oh, my totally. God. That's so cool. Agreed. But that's everything I have to say about Only Murders in the Building. Rena, any last thoughts? 
I, I'm just really excited for season two, and thanks again for having me on here. Well, thanks for coming on here. It was yeah. really exciting to, again, have somebody to actually have a conversation with instead of, again, like literally me just <laughs> ranting is how I feel most of my podcast episodes go. Um, but yeah, so thank you, Rena, for joining me. Yeah. And if you guys, like I said, she's a fantastic musician. If you want to check thanks. out her music, you can see her on Instagram and TikTok at Cohen Chords. I will tag her in my Instagram post for today. Um, so you'll get to see that and just check out. She also has the cutest dog named Katie. And she makes fun videos of singing Taylor Swift to her. So <laughs> we love that. But otherwise, if you're not already following me, please do so at Not So Critically Acclaimed, both on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I'm currently accepting questions now for the podcast. There were none this week, which is fine. But I made a special email at Not So Critically Acclaimed at gmail.com. Um, and you can just literally send in any questions you have about whatever show um, I'm discussing in the following week. So I'm going to try and maybe put out like a deadline for when you guys need to uh, send the emails in just so I can have the, the questions ready for when I'm set to record. But otherwise, that should be fun. So please, you know, send in some questions. Um, also, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already done so but again thanks for listening and i'll be back in two weeks with another fun show so bye